Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Are you someone who has no idea that they can be heard? Has brilliant ideas and wants to get them out there? Has a podcast but can't keep up with the work or just wants to focus on things that matter? Then Podcast Engineers is your gateway to get your voice heard. They don't just edit your podcast. They enhance your listeners' experience. You simply do what you do best. That is to record and they do the rest. You can find them at podcastengineers.com. Rob and I have been using Podcast Engineers to help make our show sound great. Send them an email to get an episode edited free and a discounted plan. Are you stressed about insurance? Get a custom insurance policy at a good price that lets you rest easy knowing your business is covered in case of a loss. With over six years of experience specializing in insuring small to medium-sized businesses in Ontario, your focus should be growing your business and ours is to protect it. Contact on at theinsurers.ca. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 57. Welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me is the co-host of your favorite podcast, Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. How's it going today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. How are you? Phenomenal, man. It's almost the end of summer. We're getting back into the flow of business and everything, and... uh, yeah, we're looking forward to some exciting stuff here uh, on the show and otherwise. So Yeah, don't get me started on summer. I made the best of it, but man, was that ever crap weather we had around here. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Good time to, to avoid the holidays and just go buy property. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm thinking of doing the summer vacay as, as well as the winter vacay because, I mean, man, did we ever have some gnarly, gnarly weather. But that's besides the point, I guess. You're right. Every day is a good day regardless of whether to buy property. Yeah, it is. So what do we got today on the show? Well, I guess the first thing is that everyone should go over to our podcast website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, and subscribe. We've got a couple of different things to subscribe to. You subscribe to my tour list, and you can uh, get the updates on when we're doing tours out here in this end. And then uh, we've also got our free report, and uh, Sandy will grab hold of uh, that one and that is our seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. And of course, that if you've heard the show before, you'll know that that's our free report that Sandy wrote for everybody to make the best out of your landlording career and sort of just sit back and enjoy the cash flow and not really uh, have to deal with the everyday stresses that come along with it, at least, you know, to the best of your abilities. Yeah, and as well, I want to encourage everyone to head over to iTunes, 
especially if you're listening on there and, and uh, go give us a, a review, hopefully a five-star review. Love to see more of those really helps us get the show out there to more and more people and help build our audience, which, uh, which really helps us bring on great guests uh, like we have today. And uh, of course, if you have any questions or any comments on the show, leave those there as well, or in the, in the website on the feed below this episode. Yeah, that's cool. You can actually click on the link in the episode, which you want to comment on and just put a little comment in there, which is something that we've added. And we've also added share links for all the social media. So that's something that you can do as well. If you like one of these shows or you think that someone else would get something out of them, some uh, education out of it, then feel free to please share the episode with your friends on Facebook. And that would be greatly appreciated as well. I know one thing that we usually do, and I'm going to do again today, is read a couple of the new reviews that we got. And of course, uh, since last time we recorded, we've got three five-star reviews, and I just want to say how much I appreciate these reviews. I mean, nothing's better for our show, like Sandy was saying, than having these reviews on there. Now we've got 96 five-star reviews on iTunes. So that's absolutely fantastic. I don't think there's any other real estate shows that have that many reviews, let alone five-star reviews. And please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, actually. I'd like to know, but I mean, I, I feel like all of our listeners are really responsive and they write us these great reviews. So I'm going to read a couple of them right now. The first one is from MJS2789, and he or she says... This podcast is great. I recently got the idea of real estate investing, and this podcast provides excellent interviews and information for newbies and experienced investors. I'm hoping it will convince me to take the plunge. Well, you know what? If it doesn't convince you to take the plunge, you're probably not going to, because if these guests here can't get you pumped up about real estate investing, I don't know who will. And the next one is from Paul, and Paul says... Rob and Sandy, I'd like to thank you for the amazing job you were doing. I love your podcast. The only complaint, there's always complaints, Sandy. Yeah, the odd one. Yeah. <laughs> the only complaint I have is that when I'm done listening, I get anxious for the next episode. Ah, but seriously, keep up the great work. I'm a 20-year-old university student who has a passion for real estate and is currently working in a real estate corporation as a placement for my co-op program trying to save as much as I can for my first down payment. Thank you for that one, Paul. The next one is from, and this is the last one, guys, so you don't have to listen to them all day. But I like to read them. If people write them, I like to read them on the show for them. So uh, this one is Young Perspective Investor Obtaining Invaluable Information, and that's five stars as well. And the guy's name is Stex16. It says, great talk show to listen to, gaining a huge amount of information on all aspects of real estate investments and my specific environment. Great show. Keep it up, lads. So, man, like all of those were awesome. So thanks, guys, for actually getting on there and taking the time to write those because I know it's like it doesn't take a huge amount of time, but it's something that most people don't think to do in their day and and it takes some time away from whatever you're doing to actually go over and take the time to write these out. So we really do appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know. We'll see if we can do more of them maybe. The guy, the one was uh, his only complaint. Maybe we could start doing this weekly at some point. So I don't know. We'll see if we can find the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do have to do that. I mean, I know there's some changes that you and I have been talking about making and uh, – 
you know, hopefully soon we'll be able to do those things. But right now, I'm sorry, you got to settle for once a month and let's go from there. So, uh, Sandy, what have you been up to lately? What have you been up to? Well, I won't spend too much time on it. Always in and out of properties and, and doing that thing. Renovations are pretty much constantly on the go. Uh, one thing we are doing that's kind of exciting for us is a new, I suppose, the telecast slash kind of TV sort of thing that we're working on. Just kind of started in the last month. And not too much different than the podcast, a little bit shorter episodes, 15 to kind of 30 minute range over on our Facebook page, which you can look up if you're on uh, Facebook, McKay, just search McKay Realty Network on Facebook. It should pop up weekly. We're doing live episodes and bringing on some guests here and there and talking about strategies for investing and, uh, and other real estate topics, not necessarily all investing. Sometimes we're talking about market shifts and things like that, mostly in the Hamilton, but also kind of Hamilton and, and surrounding areas. Pretty much, you know, it would be useful for anybody really across the GTA. So you can go over and check us out on there, like our page, and see what we have to offer. We're just kind of building that up and getting better at it and learning as we go. So uh, that should be some uh, good value there to bring if you're into investing and you want to find a place for more information. Go over and check that out. Yes, yeah, Sandy. And let me tell you something. I love it. It's my new favorite telecast. <laughs> fair enough. Fair so you enough. guys are working hard over there. So that's good stuff. What do you got on the go? Well, actually, we uh, I'm closing on something in just a couple of days, another rental project, and we're going to do the uh, old BFRR, which our guest who's on the line right now with us and waiting patiently in the background is uh, going to talk about today, which is a buy, fix, refinance, and rent strategy. And so we've got another one closing in a couple of days where we're going to take a single family and uh, chop it up into two units. When I say chop it up, we, of course, do it in a you know really nice way where everyone gets a lovely space to rent and uh, everyone's happy and of course working with partners over here on this side of Toronto which is a great place to invest so again if anyone wants to learn more about this area of course please give me a call or reach out to me and we're going to leave all of our contact info at the end of the show so so today we have Mr. Refi and I'm going to dub you Mr. Refi is that cool with you? Absolutely that's fine. We got from Platinum Properties with us today to discuss the buy, fix, well, you call it the buy, renovate, and refinance strategy. So we're going to focus more on the refinance part of that, of course, today. And I think that we've got some really valuable information coming at you. You know, it can be a difficult procedure when people are going through that after they've done a renovation and they want to pull their money back out afterwards. So... We're going to learn a lot about how you're able to do that and maximize the amount of funds after the renovations are complete. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. appreciate it. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your investing journey, maybe where you are now in real estate investing and sort of how you got to this point? Yeah, for sure. I'll touch base a bit on my background. My primary background is in policing. I'm currently a police officer in the in the greater Toronto area and been policing for about 15 years and we kind of just got into this investing within the last three to four years so it's certainly been busy over the last couple of years working in the policing field and and then just with investors who've approached us regarding uh, joint venture projects and then just having our own investments so yeah in, in January of 2014 we were introduced into the Hamilton market actually through a friend who you guys had featured on the show, 
Mr. Cashflow. We'd known each other for several years and had discussions about the investment market. And uh, we discussed his numbers, his gross rents, and the numbers were, were certainly intriguing. So we decided to take the plunge, if you will, and, and we purchased our first investment property in, in August of 2014. So it's kind of taken off from there and, and become a lot bigger than, than we ever expected. Well, that's fantastic. Where are you at now in, in terms of your portfolio? What's the size of it? How, how crazy have you been going the last couple of years? The last year's really taken off, again, with uh, investors approaching us and, and wanting to do joint venture projects. I would say uh, door-wise, we're hovering just over 40 doors, and we have investors daily contacting us wanting to, to get into the market in Hamilton. Well, I'm sure that's not going to slow down after this podcast, actually. <laughs> so... Thank you for sharing all of that, and thank you for being on the show again. I just wanted to ask you, so why the buy, fix, refinance, and rent strategy? Like, what's so great about it? Uh, honestly, we found that the strategy works best to maximize your investment. Refinancing to either to renovate their personal home because it's been outdated or to consolidate and restructure their finances. So it's not a new concept. They have equity and they've built it up in their property. In 2015, we saw a huge increase in the market, which allowed people to build that equity a lot sooner than they would have seen in the past years. So with respect to the refinance, people, they'd allow the passive appreciation of the property to increase just based on the market. So our strategy has been to, for the most part, is has been similar to that, but we've allotted for the appreciation and we've forced it over months versus years. So we focused our mindset on purchasing distressed properties where we can renovate. Yeah, I guess that was the one little thing that we forgot to do right off the beginning is explain what that strategy was. So you just did that right there. But basically what it is is buy a property and either increase the value of that property through a change of use or a major renovation and then be able to well, through a combination of that and hopefully some market lift, you're able to then go back to the bank after these renovations are complete and pull out the majority of your money, if not all of it, and then carry that forward into the next property. Is that right? Right. Um, no, that's fantastic. And you've done that now to the point where you've got uh, like 40 doors under your belt. So that is incredible. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. We've, we've been very fortunate and we have a good team. So that definitely helps. Yeah. We've talked a lot about that on the show and in past episodes, for sure, building up teams and the importance of, of that, having the key members on your team to help you out and support. And we're talking a lot about the strategy on the show too, the buy, fix, refinance, rent. I just think it makes so much sense for someone who, you know, if you, if you have some equity, there's some money to use towards this, some credit or cash. It just makes so much more sense compared to flipping and just letting that money go, that property go, where you could have basically, in this sense, you almost end up with a free property, right, at the end of it all? We've definitely been fortunate. Uh, we've, we've, we've had some properties that we have were able to pull all of our money out and, and then some. Those are few far between, but we've been lucky enough sometimes to experience that. Yeah, and when that happens, man, like that is such a great feeling, especially when you're working with joint venture partners, right, to be able to go to them and say, you know, yeah. Look at essentially we've got free property and oh by the way here's your check for buying this property with us. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. And you know what? Like, I know it doesn't happen every time, but these things happen. Actually, if you buy right, it can happen more than you think it can. And we've done that too. I know that's an incredible feeling. So it's uh, awesome that you guys are able to do that. Yeah. So what would you say the the critical key points when purchasing the property on the, on the initial stage of that strategy? What's key when you're purchasing it for the buy, fix, refinance, and rent strategy? Some of the key points that we focus on when we're looking at a property is location, the purchase price, renovation costs, what the refinance will be after the property has been completed with the renos and what our prospective rents will be. Locations, it, it's very important, not just for when you complete the project and, and you're trying to attract those higher rents, but especially when you're, you're in the refinance process and the property is being appraised, location uh, for the properties that have sold in the area so that you can get those comparable properties that have sold in the area, that's a big thing. And I think Sandy can attest to that. We, we've been fortunate enough to work with Sandy and his partner, Adrian, who are very experienced in the market. And they do their homework for us and, and tell us what properties have sold in the area that would compare to the property that we would be looking at. So, we have an idea of what the property would refinance based on the renovations that we would do. The second thing we would look at is the purchase price. Are we in a buyer's market or are we in a seller's market? If the property, for example, is listed at 398000 the market will dictate whether the purchase price would go over list. And again, I, about six months ago, we were in a pretty aggressive market where properties were selling over list with no conditions. So, it was very competitive. So, so obviously price is key, especially when you're going to be doing renovations and you're trying to figure out what your, your refinance on the property will be based on, on those numbers. With respect to renovation costs, refinance and rents, we've kind of narrowed it down on our end based on properties that we currently own with our joint venture partners. We're able to, to enter into a property and estimate what our renovation costs would be in its current condition and then discuss what prospective rents would be once the project's completed. So like I said, we have a good team that can go through the property and determine what those renovation costs would be and prior to submitting an offer. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, I think that's the key one. The key is really like forecasting the reno amounts. But, you know, I, I think you touched really good on the fact that uh, another thing is also the projected after repair values, which, you know, whoever you're working with, whether it's, well, it's probably a realtor, is able to get you those like real numbers that the place is going to be worth when you're done. So those two things, I think, along with the purchase price, work uh, all three in combination to get the system here that you're working with. So yeah, perfect. Thank you. And then can you share with us how we talked a little bit about this, but how investors really would pull out their initial funds from the property after forcing the value and uh, and getting that forced appreciation? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you actually just to break it down for your listeners. I'll give you some numbers on a property that we we recently completed with the Reno uh, refi strategy. Th this particular property that we purchased was a legal triplex, and it was operating with four units. Just the number breakdown, our purchase price on the property was 415000 and uh, our down payment on that property was 83000 so it was 
uh, is what we had to initially put down on the property. Mortgage on the property is 332000 once we had put the 83000 down. I think by the time we were said and done, we were at about 170000 in renovations. We contacted our mortgage broker. Can I quickly interject? I'm sorry about this, but I just wanted to sure. know, like, so did you change the use to a legal fourplex then, or what did you do? When we purchased the property, we actually did our research and we pulled the, the zoning certification from the, uh, the city and we determined that it was it was a legal triplex. And so we converted it to three units. It was operating as three, but based on the, the configuration of the property, we were able to do four units in that particular one. Oh, okay. So there's like a little bit more of your forced appreciation right there, being able to add another unit to it where... Yeah. Yes, that definitely speaks volumes for, for when you're getting an appraisal on the property. Okay. So with this particular property, uh, like I said, we were 170000 in in renovations, and we contacted our broker to do the refinance strategy, and the appraiser came out and appraised the property at 825000 So our initial was 415, 170 in renos, and we appraised for 825000 So... Once the appraisal came in, we were able to obtain a new mortgage. So based on the appraisal value, you only get 80% loan to value. So our new mortgage was, was 660000 And once we deducted our renovation costs and our initial down payment, we still had a surplus of $75,000 that we were able to pull from the property. So essentially, you got paid to buy that house or that, that building. Yeah, yeah. We're very fortunate. It's like I said earlier, it's one of those properties. They're few and far between, but if you do it right and you're able to kind of dictate what your numbers are going to be for renovations, sometimes you get lucky and you're able to come out like we did on this one. Yeah, that is amazing. Very impressive. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think if I remember that one of the keys to that deal was was actually finding out the use of it in, in the purchase process, right? Like a lot of people don't even know to do that, like finding out what it's legally used for. Yeah. That's always something yeah. to be a, a key and definitely in our market here in Hamilton. I know some cities are easier to get that information from than others. Like Hamilton, you have to pay for it. So most people don't do this. Right. And we found that there are a lot of investors that are investing in the market and they don't do their due diligence before purchasing. So they end up wanting to convert the property and, and put three or four units in it and then they find out that the, the family is zoned for single families home. So it obviously puts a damper on, on what they projected they were going to do. I guess this sort of rolls into what we were just talking about. But when you're purchasing an investment property, how important is it that the units within it are all legal for refinancing purposes? Yeah, very important when purchasing an investment property. Like we mentioned earlier, a lot of investors purchase properties without ascertaining what the property is zoned for, and that can be a very big problem when refinancing. All of the properties that we owned are zoned duplexes or, or triplexes or fourplexes. Some of them are operating with an additional unit. In most circumstances, the appraisal will request, when you're doing a refinance, they'll request for a zoning verification from the investor, or, or they'll They'll actually do their own research on their own, and that information obtained from, from the appraiser is going to be provided to the lender in a report. So we've seen it in the past where lenders will shy away from the property based on zoning, and 
typically they do that because they just can't account for the rental income on that property. They can't account for the rents on a unit. If there's three units in the building and it's, it's zoned single family, they'll definitely shy away. Yeah, that's right. It's got to be legal rents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's good to point out because, I mean, there is a lot of that going on too where people will just – I mean, and I was seeing that quite a bit over on this end of the city where as the market was increasing – rapidly over the last like couple of years people would buy a single family home they don't care if they were doing things properly they'd just throw in a basement apartment and they were able to resell that property for exponentially more than what they bought it for and so i'm not going to say it wasn't working for them financially but i would say that the people that bought those houses those properties i guess with the understanding or at least with the expectation that they could rent those out as legal second units are, are probably in for a little bit of an awakening at some point. That doesn't necessarily tie into the refi that you were talking about, but I was just seeing that a lot here. And so I think it's very important for people to understand the value of having a legal unit instead of just one that's thrown in there where people are renting it out and there's dangers in there that go along with that. And there's a lot of landlord liability that goes along with that as well. Certainly. And we've also found that a lot of inspectors through the city, they'll their attraction to a property, they'll be driving around looking to see if there are renovations being conducted on certain properties. And if for some reason you're ever stopped, they're going to want to obtain the, the zoning for that property. And it can be a nightmare. We've been through that before. But if you have a single family home, and again, you're, you're trying to put two or three or four units in it, it won't work. So now... Uh, you got a lot of doors. How many homes did you purchase before your mortgage broker said basically, you know, okay, that's it. No more. Yeah. Typically with an A lender like Scotia Royal Bank, based on your finances, you're limited to about five properties. That being said, we've definitely branched out to B lenders mm-hmm. such as Equitable. There's obviously, there's like a one or 2% increase on the rate with a B lender over an A lender, but in the end, if, if the numbers work, it really it shouldn't really matter what lender is being used. I mean, we've seen investors who are currently using private lenders to fund projects because the numbers work. Mm-hmm. So I guess the message in there is basically you found a way around it once that happened. If you have a good mortgage broker that can adapt the concept of what you're doing, there's ways and means definitely, yeah. So you're saying that your mortgage broker that you were actually using said, you know what, you're topped out with the A-lenders, but how about this? Yeah, based on your finances, they'll push you to you know, to either an A or a B-lender, or they'll make suggestions for you, but we've found that there's, there's always ways to make it work. Right. So again, there's the key importance of the team and finding the right guys that understand what you're doing and are going to help you going forward and not put sort of roadblocks in your way. They're going to be like, okay, this tapped out over here, but let's look over here. Right. Yeah. One thing on that too, that I, I never just never thought of it this way until a while ago now, but initially I was, was thinking this would never make sense, but you're thinking you're tapped out now at a bank and you're looking either you have a couple options. You got to go maybe private or be lenders or so on, or you got to go find joint venture money, right? It's great to work with joint ventures. We do it all the time. All three of us do all the time. That being said, though, it is still a much better return if you can do it all yourself, even with a private mortgage at you know double or triple the percent, the interest rate that you're going to pay on. With an A lender, I mean, your return in the long run is still going to be 
assuming you're on a 50-50 split, let's say, with a joint venture partner, your return is still way better going private, right? So I don't think people should be too scared of going private if they have to, if they're, they've come to that point. If you think about it, I remember years ago, people were paying 20% on their mortgage. And now you can go with a private lender at, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but around 8 or 9%. Yeah, yeah, 8 to, well, anywhere really, 8 to 15 maybe, depending yeah. on mm-hmm. everything. But yeah, a lot of times that's not that bad of an option, really. If you have the money there and you can you can do it yourself still, in the long run, that's still a better return than going with the joint venture money and a lender rate in most cases. Anyways, just some food for thought there, I guess, on that. Uh, both ways still work great, and, and I love working with joint ventures. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. Okay, well, tell us about some of the challenges you faced, maybe particularly in, in Hamilton. Most of your properties are in Hamilton. What challenges have you faced uh, specifically during the refinance process? I think it kind of goes back to our last question. One of the biggest challenges we've faced over the years was just finding a good mortgage broker, one that understood the concept of the buy, rental, and refinance and had some experience or knowledge in the Hamilton market. In the beginning, we were reaching out to several mortgage brokers, but we found ourselves now with with a good team of contacts that I would say in all cases would get the job done with respect to financing or refinancing. And we've had other investors that have teamed up with us that found that our contacts have done a tremendous job. So we're grateful that we were able to do some networking and, and obtain some good contacts. But I would say that that was definitely one of our challenges that we did have. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great mortgage brokers out there that will fund primary property that you're going to live in. But when it comes to investment properties, it's a bit of a different animal. So I was curious, like, did you want to walk us through exactly how you get ready for that? So you've called the bank and you said, okay, the rentals are done. Come in, have a look at it. We're ready to get a new value on this house and potentially put a new mortgage on it. Yeah, so once you do that, how do you prepare for that? You have to be very organized. When we're looking to refinance a property, we would obviously contact the broker and they would request several documents that they need. They'll need your T4s, your pay stubs if you're employed full time. There's a bunch of financing stuff that they'll need on their end. And then obviously paying to have an appraiser go out to the property and have the property valued at whatever they've determined based on comparables again in in that area. Typically the process, it can take, we've seen it take from, you know, as, as quick as three to four weeks to months. So it can be frustrating, but something I've learned is just you have to be very organized and just have all your financial documents lined up and in a row and just have everything ready for the broker so that he can just complete his file on his end and essentially get the property refinanced. And as far as the appraisal goes, do you have any little tricks that you do to get it to come in where you want it to be? I guess as far as like showing them what you've done or I guess that and maybe certain renovations that you do that you've found that bring in a higher value when you're done? I'm actually glad you touched on that. The renovations that we typically do that we've found that kind of not only tracks the eye of the appraiser, but also for when we go to rent the properties, we do granite countertops, we'll do uh, feature walls, and just some things that kind of give the prop a wow factor. And also what the appraiser is interested in is what we're generating for rents out of those specific units. So we're able to, to track those high rents on those units and we provide those numbers to the appraiser and it definitely increases the value of the property. 
especially when they're doing the appraisal. And do you usually target the appraiser to come in at what point? Is it when you're totally done everything and renters are in there, nearing the end of construction, somewhere in between? When does that kind of, when's the sweet spot for that? Preferably when the project's completed is when we, we would have them come through and, and see what we have done. And in most cases, we may have already had the leases signed and, and ready to go. So the units have been secured by a tenant. So again, they'll obtain those and they'll want those for their appraisal. And maybe just not moved in yet, right? So it doesn't look ugly. Yes, yes. <laughs> we've, I mean, Sandy Sandy knows that we've, based on the rentals that we do on these properties, we're getting young professionals to tenant the units. So they're pretty clean. Like if we, in the in the event that we do have somebody living in the property and the appraiser goes through, I mean, we, we haven't really experienced <laughs> issues with people's cleanliness in their units, but I suppose that could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. If you get some real messy people in there, it could have a detrimental effect on that for sure. So have you ever started a project, like maybe one of the ones you were speaking of, and had to deal with the city and permits after the project was underway? We started a project in July of 2016, and we were served with an order to comply. So there's there's two types of, of orders that we've experienced, the order to comply and then the stop work order from the city. This particular project was set for a three-month renovation, and because we were served, it ended up pushing us back eight to nine months. So we've had some issues with the city, and we've experienced some lack of communication on their end with respect to timelines that, that we initially had, and then obviously just some more costs that were associated with that, plus our carrying costs. But persistency was definitely key, and, and again, I think Sandy can attest to dealing with the city and just being persistent and definitely organized will help in the end. Yeah. Another big thing is like, if they can see that you're trying to make a change for the good, if you're going in and you're cleaning something up, that's really one of the key points. I think for most municipalities, when they see that you're taking it and you're making it better, yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And that being said, there's a bit of a relationship there now. So, and we've had some good contact with the inspectors in specific areas. So, yeah, I mean, if they know what we're doing and what we're trying to do, and, and I think they can appreciate that, they, they also have some, some rules that we have to play by as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess most of the properties that you've purchased were renovation projects as opposed to ones that are turnkey. What do you think are the advantages or the, I guess, disadvantages of both when attempting to secure a mortgage? Yeah. So every property that we've purchased in the past, whether being with A or B lenders, they'll request uh, for an appraisal on on the home prior to providing some type of written commitment to fund for that particular property. And once the lenders has obtained that appraisal, they'll decide whether they want to fund the mortgage based on their own on, on a distressed property and what the property is currently appraised for versus the purchase price. And if the property's distressed property, is it currently vacant or generating under market rents from the current owner? It, it definitely is a lot harder to fund a property, a distressed property versus a turnkey. Everyone kind of likes that new car smell. And with respect to distressed properties, if they see a property that vacant isn't currently generating any type of income, the location, some lenders might frown upon that. And versus a turnkey, the properties might have already been renovated and it's just easier to fund lenders will appeal to that 
versus a distressed property. We actually had a joint uh, venture partner who teamed up with us and we purchased a property. And Sandy, I think you, you know the, which property I'm talking about, the one just north of Cannon. It was a legal triplex. And our investor, they wanted to reach out to their own mortgage broker because they had done business with them before in the past. And I think they had the file for two or three weeks and that they came back at 9% with a private lender on the property. And again, it was a legal triplex. It didn't show that at all. Like it was really good properties, good set of, of bones and, and structure. And we put her in contact with our broker and within two weeks, he was able to fund, fund it at 2.5% with an A lender. So some lenders will kind of a little uh, deterred from the distressed property aspect. But if you have a broker that's, again, familiar with the market and the strategy and, and they know how to uh, to sell it on there and you'd still be able to secure a mortgage on it. Yeah. And I've come across that too. When you're in this world, you do quickly find out. Like, I mean, I've come in contact with countless mortgage brokers at this point and there's you know some that stick and they can actually bring the value when it comes to that kind of stuff where there's other ones that right from the get-go you know that that it's not going to work out with them i mean Mm -hmm. i've had a lot of joint venture partners do the exact same thing they say oh you know i'm gonna try working with my mortgage broker on this one and then quickly we're working with the you know our tested and true guys here on on our end to get the job done and we've been so successful because one of the brokers that we do use that he actually has investment properties in hamilton and, and again he knows the area he knows the market he's adopted the the rental refi strategy so i think a part of it he's able to sell it to the lender a lot better than a broker that yeah. would typically just be looking to fund just a primary property that, that someone's going to live in. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's one of the more key things. Like in every aspect of your team, are they investors? Right. Do they understand investments? Right. And so that's a question that you got to ask right from the get-go to your mortgage broker, to your real estate agent, because, I mean, we've been through this before. Like a lot of the guests that we talk to, they talk about, hey, you know, we, we started, we had an idea of what we wanted to do. We want to do this buy, fix, refi and renovate and rent strategy. And, you know, so our agent's showing us all these places and they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of that is coming out here as well. Right. So what's next for you in company? So we've realized that there's there's a high demand for property management in Hamilton, and we've kind of had to maintain our own properties that we currently have. And we were, again, we were fortunate enough to team up with Sandy's team, and we've actually purchased property in Hamilton that we're looking to house a real estate office out of, which, which would be on the K team, and have our property management office out of there as well. And if we're lucky enough, we, we would like to have a mortgage broker out of the office and kind of just house everything in one location for our investors who are looking to invest in the market, but don't necessarily have the time to manage their own properties. We'll have everything there in-house. Sandy's got a great team of agents uh, himself, and we like using Adrian as well, who have a lot of uh, knowledge in investing in, in the Hamilton market. So they'll be there for the investor, and then they can have the property management in the same building as well and just manage these properties for the investors. Guys, that is the first I've even heard of this. 
I didn't even know you were doing that. Where can people get more information on that? We're not officially on active yet, and we're looking to be active hopefully by the end of the year. So hold on. Let me get this straight how this works. So basically, so you guys are buying a building. Is it together or what? Yeah. Yeah. Together. So you guys are buying a building together. You're going to have McKay Realty Network in there. You guys as Platinum Property Management, is that it? Correct. And a broker in there as well. So it's sort of a, the full spectrum and people can come in and they'll be able to get their real estate needs taken care of, their property management needs taken care of, their mortgage needs taken care of all in one place? Yes. All right. Well, that's cool. I guess once you guys have more information on that, I'm sure Sandy will tell us on the podcast and we can let people know where to go about that. But as far as getting in touch with Platinum Properties and you right now, how would people do that? Yeah. If if there is anyone that's looking for advice or or interested in investing in the market and doing a, a joint venture partnership, they can email us at PlatinumProperties at Mail.com. And of course, you you guys know the drill. If you missed the uh, info there and you want to go back and find out how to get in touch, just go into our show notes for the episode, which is 57, right, Sandy? Seven, yeah. And you can find all the information there and uh, just click on the links. And you should be able to get in touch with the uh, amazing Mr. Refi. So thanks again, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. You shared a lot, and I know we had some technical difficulties here. We lost you, what, three or four times Mm -hmm. through the show, so I appreciate you putting up with that. And I can't thank you enough, and I wish you the most success for the future. Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, have a good night. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so if somebody wants to reach out and, and talk more about Hamilton and the area, uh, you know, real estate needs in any of any kind, really, we can help you out or point you in the right direction. Info at McKayRealtyNetwork.com is the easiest way to do that. Or through our office at 905-308-8333 and just ask for me. No, I mean, if we haven't sold you on the uh, market out in Hamilton um, with this episode, <laughs> I mean... I don't know how else to do it, but, you know, especially since the market turned now, if you were doing stuff like that, like what you were talking about in the, in the recent months, then I'm sure that the change has been somewhat similar to what we've seen out here because it's fantastic. Right. This turn in the market where the buyers have the power now yeah. is just something that I was not anticipating a couple of months ago. Quite frankly, very, very happy with the way that things are going and the uh, power that we have back in our hands as investors and buyers at this point in time. So it's a good time to invest. And you can reach me at uh, 289-927-0464 or just email us at info at breakthrough reipodcast.ca. And we'll see you next time.